0: Did Black Jesus just walk out of our lives forever? This is Last, Last Dance Spoilers.
1: <laughs> Spoiler. Hey, y'all. Amen. Hey, you
0: This is Josh. I'm recording out of Goshen. And just to introduce everyone, I wanted to go around and um, say wh- who you are, where you're recording from, and maybe just what uh, your favorite moment maybe is of the series so far. I mean, not so far. We're all the way through it, so... Just kind of what comes to mind here. And we'll go east to we. So, Stevie, let's start with you.
2: Well, this is Stevie recording from Elkhart, Indiana. And I think my favorite part, I mean, it's a mix of things, but really it's kind of talking about when Michael was talking about why he was so hard on his teammates um, when he came back and for the fact that they didn't go through hell with him. Like when he had to finally get over Detroit this was a brand new team and the simple fact that I mean yeah I guess it's really just Michael explaining why he was such a dick to his teammates uh, from 95 to 98 (laughs) when he gets real and when he finally broke down crying Mm -hmm. when he's like if you don't want to play that way don't play that way
0: that was a good part very memed as well I'll go next this is your host Josh recording out of Goshen like I said and I think it's the intro to episode five where it's a mixture between an all-star team and you also see Magic and Larry as coaches and uh, Kobe is in there and you also get Sean Kemp as a Cav and I was just really tickled by all of that so I'll, <laughs> I'll say that.
1: I think it's me. This is Liz recording from South Bend and I have to second that. I was going to say it's really really close for me the episode five beginning and then basically the music overall as my favorite thing about this and highlights to specific songs. Um, It's just been a really strong soundtrack and a lot of nostalgia there that's been fun to dive back into
3: this is pappy sad it's our last last dance podcast according from the other side of Louisville, colorado moved into a new <laughs> house across town uh i think that what i think back on last dance it's going to kind of occupy the same space in my brain as those like it was the thing that came after tiger king in this quarantine it was like the <laughs> thing that like everyone was talking about it like captured the zeitgeist like right at that moment when Tiger King was done and something else came up so I think it was just nice to watch basketball again and I think anytime there was like basketball on screen it was just so nice to see so that was probably my favorite part
4: and this is Corey recording out of Simi Valley, California and my favorite part I mean, I'm just going to go with the joke answer, Uh, it's Jordan saying I ain't Shaq in episode 10 because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is both comedic and informative it's true he's not shaq technically if you think about it he's, he's not <laughs> yeah and pappy i don't know man somewhere between tiger king and the last dance we got that uh, celebrity video of them all singing imagine all the people
3: so <laughs> right
4: yeah. let's get a squeeze right in between
3: just thinking of like a hybrid. I want to see like Joe Exotic and like Gal Gadot like ripping on Scott Burrell over a Zoom call for thirty minutes, just like the ultimate quarantine. Like media. the uh,
4: the Avengers of quarantine movies. It's like all these things.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And we'd be amiss
0: to mention that Corey's also the host of another movie cup podcast called Big Dumb Movie, and therefore Corey, I thought that your favorite moment would be the vault moment
4: with Joe Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Stevie when he came up. I just imagined him going up to Jordan saying, "You have long arms."
0: Happy, <laughs> I will say, and maybe you can repeat it a little bit on this pod because of how funny I thought it was. But you had a line on that baby's day out pod where you're talking about how non PC some of the things the baby does to Joe Montanar.
3: Oh, I don't. I mean, it's. I I want to save the good content for Big Dumb Movie, but yeah, it was X-rated. Like, (laughs) things lines are crossed, but yeah, definitely subscribe (laughs) to Big Dumb Movie if you want to hear specifically what lines that baby crossed with that. Thank you guys so much. All right, well, let's
0: get into these episodes nine and ten. So at the beginning of nine, the intro and the cliffhanger that we're left off from eight is Reggie Miller and just basically Indiana. Pacers, hysteria. Liz, do you want to start walking us through this very beginning part?
1: Um. So let's start with a personal note that I feel very vindicated that the Black Jesus story made it in to start off. <laughs> right. So people who listen to
0: spoilers heard that story a week ago. Uh, I think we said it was an exhibition game, but it sounds like his actual game,
4: right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. Yeah. ever yeah. talk it, trash have... to Black Jesus.
1: I'm sorry, Black Jesus, for getting the game wrong um and it also started off really setting the tone with the fact that Reggie and Michael were in a fight at the beginning of the episode and how heated their rivalry re- was and their relationship there Reggie makes it a point to say that he respects his opponents and he respects the bulls but that Pacers team was never intimidated Are scared of Michael, and I thought a lot of the game, the game action there was was nice, and I could have used more of that in earlier episodes to kind of set that atmosphere up, like that screaming white lady behind the bench. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Right.
0: I'm wondering if Stevie and Pappy remember if any of the images stuck with you, like mj versus pacers because there's some great ones in there
3: i mean i'm I'm with liz like the screaming fans uh was probably the biggest standout um obviously when they kind of get like tangled up that's been shown a million billion times uh i don't know but i i just like i remember this happening though like now we're like now, now we've gone to like 98 we're at like the end of the last dance like this series i i remember watching it i remember like how big the Pacers were getting. I remember reading an SI for kids. Like it was like the most important things for Indiana are high school basketball, college basketball and professional basketball. But that might be changing <laughs> now. Like there's a whole article headline. So like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anything like, specific of the, the basketball action stood out to me, but like, it's just cool to see something that I remember happening in real time.
4: I have a question for you guys. Is this an accurate representation of Indiana residents?
0: Oh, man. Well, they show the (gasps) Purdue band, so I'm just going to have to say no, full stop.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't really consider myself an Indiana resident, even though I live here.
2: Fair enough. (laughs) I would say for that part of the state, it is accurate, but it's not a very statewide reflection of it. (laughs) Have you guys have seen the
3: 30 for 30 winning time about Reggie Miller?
1: One of my faves. Great one. Uh,
3: I, I love Reggie Miller so much, but Liz, it's like a very similar uh, depiction of Indiana, like residents and like particular Pacers fans. And like at one point, Spike Lee just makes a comment, you know, just to throw it out there, the Klan started in Indiana. Just yeah. <laughs> Classic Spike Lee.
1: He says that. And then um, I worked with a researcher at a sports network who is from New York and was a huge Knicks fan and would always call it Naptown nap town, nap town, because you go there and take a nap. And then when they said that in the winning time, 30 for 30, I was like, oh man, it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
0: I just love seeing Michael going up for a layup and getting kind of held by Mark Jackson and then just chucking the ball at his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I remember that. And it was like, Michael looks so snarling and just
3: mean in that clip, and I love it. I have a stupid question. Did he get? Did Michael get teed up because he threw the ball after the whistle was blown?
1: Uh, you
3: can't throw yes. a
0: ball at someone like
3: that. <laughs> Even if you're like, why not? Flying out of
1: bounds, you can't do that. Like not at their head,
0: and not with purpose no. to just harm. It was like no strategic sort of basketball play there. That's yeah, how I would take it.
3: Fair. Yeah.
0: But speaking of mean MJ, he like gives <laughs> he gives the Indiana rivalry some credit. But then he also has a quote where he's like, outside of Detroit, Indiana was the best Eastern Conference matchup we probably ever had. (laughs) (laughs) He just can't really full out hand it to someone still. And I love it. Stevie, we go from Indiana and they beat them and we go to the Jazz. Do you just want to introduce some of the cursory people here that we get to see for the first time?
2: Yeah, so we get to see like Stockton and Malone, which in my mind is like one of the greatest duos in NBA history. I think they're still number one in assists to each other, aren't they? Probably.
1: I believe so.
2: I think they're still way up there. I think but... Karl
0: Malone beat Jordan's scoring record at the end of his career, too.
2: Did he really? I think so. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the other thing is, too, this documentary shows, I mean... I think Jordan had respect for Malone, but I thought it was kind of odd that they included Malone getting the MVP from the 97 season or the 96-97 season. And it makes it kind of seem like Jordan has a bit of a chip on his shoulder, but I think that's kind of what's reflective of this whole series is Michael has this giant chip on his shoulder about everything real or not (laughs) real or not. It's like in his head, this man is psychotic about how he's been wronged. Like, I mean, it's almost like, you know, someone could say like, you know, Hey man, sorry, I didn't see you there. And Jordan will take it as a slight for the rest of his life over something really innocent.
4: But the way he channels that energy though, I think is like, what's obviously really cool about him. I mean, sure he's like easily offended or like easily pissed off but you know he turns that into something really awesome
3: it's just like but stevie i think you'd agree with this that like the N- nba mvp is kind of a joke anyway like <laughs> i mean like it doesn't incorporate the only thing that matters which is the playoffs and like to not give it to lebron james like any time in like the past six years or in primer, prime or like to not give it to mj anytime he was on the court it's just like a travesty to not
2: give it to like michael kobe or lebron every year is dp ridiculous. talks about
3: that the writers just it, get bored and like want to vote for somebody. they get else. bored
2: like lebron honestly should win it every year yeah. like at this point like the nba like michael should have won it every year kobe for the most part should have won it every year like it makes no sense to me i agree with that pap
1: <laughs> i i heard today that Malone and Russell were the two prominent ones to decline interviews for this and um, for obvious reasons. I was sad that in all the Utah Jazz stuff, they left out possibly the best trash talk anecdote uh, from Scottie Pippen that the mailman doesn't deliver on Sundays, which is what he said to Karl Malone in 1997 <laughs> during that final series that caused him to miss free throws at a clutch moment.
0: In the narrative of this documentary, Pippen isn't really clever enough to come up with something like that.
1: No. Scotty <laughs> Pippen gets trashed in this documentary. And I, <laughs> I need some justice in the fact that he was playing some mind games. There was some gamesmanship going on. And that line is epic.
0: What are the obvious reasons that Carl Malone would, Turned down an interview for this.
1: Uh, Michael denied him championships every every time, and he maybe is still embarrassed by this. I feel like there's obvious reasons for Byron Russell.
4: Yeah. He made Michael Jordan's shit list.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Carl Malone is just like, to me, he was probably the most glaring item missing from this whole doc he's one of the best players of all time he if you're honest intellectually he's right up there with bird magic even mj and i couldn't believe we didn't hear one word from modern day carl
1: we also didn't hear from luke longley a pleasant human being that was on that bulls team. (laughs) was annoying couldn't get a plane to australia that's just ridiculous
3: I would have liked to have hear from Jerry Sloan. I did some googling. It sounds like he might not be have the capacity to do an interview. But I thought he was like his press quips. Like I think that was in the '98 finals. Like when they only scored fifty four points, he's like, "Wait, whoa! This is the score at the end." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a real standout, like from the, that cast of characters.
1: Yeah, he's really sick, mm-hmm. which is really sad. I know he has a lot of uh, dementia, um, and basically doesn't do. Anything anymore? You guys remember that Carl Malone commercial for Hardee's when he was the mailman delivering fried chicken? <laughs> <you> remember that? <laughs> you should look it up.
4: He didn't get a movie out of that.
1: Mm-mm.
0: <laughs> well, we don't get Malone, but we do get Stockton, and we actually see some really cool Stockton clips. He was a really good player in his own right as well. Obviously, he he's a top like fifty all timer. I think. And one of his cool shots that I like to see was his last second shot against the Rockets. Like Pappy said, it's really cool just to see basketball in the quarantine. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to talk about here in the first episode, since we haven't hit on it all series long is what do you guys think of the little stuff that they have in the commercials, like the vault and the old school overdubbed oh. ESPN commercials?
2: <laughs>
1: Let's get right to it. The Chicago Bulls have won their second three-peat, and this clip will be used to promote the documentary in a State Farm commercial. It's just a
3: hunch. I absolutely cannot fucking stand it. I was so sick of it. I like by this time I'm glad like I had seen this the fucking Kenny Main one where he talks about you can get a pizza by touching a place on your phone or whatever. Like Kenny Main, you could do that in the nineties. It's called dialing a pizza company. You've always been able to get a pizza by touching the right places on your phone. What the fuck are you talking about? Like it's I don't know. I am not gonna miss those I couldn't one. Stand I kind of liked them.
1: Why, Josh?
0: <laughs> Lizzie, back me up here. I mean, it was good to see Linda Cohn and Keith Olbermann, I thought.
1: I think initially a couple times. And then, <laughs> then, it, then yeah, it, it was fine. It kind of played itself out after the first couple times. But I didn't. Some of the vault interviews, good other vault interviews like get out of here justin timberlake i don't need you for this like this is not a a point in time where i need to see your face some like some people i know that everybody in the nba looked up to jordan like i don't need chris paul on there telling me about it let's move on
2: i think the real missing interview is leonardo dicaprio from this series <laughs> I think that would have been a real. It's poetic, great man. Get for this. It's poetic. He
4: came up and <laughs> called my movie the wrong thing. The man with the <laughs> iron face. Man iron Man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh. I thought too. Uh, I think it was in this episode. Uh, speaking of like behind the scenes people, I wonder if this was going to happen retroactively or if the director was like checking a box uh, or or something, but like so uh, what I struggle with is like what the last dance is, you know what I mean? Cause it's, it's definitely more of a Michael Jordan documentary, even than it is like a bulls documentary, but it's a Michael Jordan documentary at the same time. That doesn't mention his wife. Once doesn't mention the birth of his children at all. Like nothing like personal details, but like, I think it was in this episode where his kids come up. And so talking about the Utah fans, like, yeah, I don't know, but it, I feel like they didn't have any value add, but I feel like it was literally just to check a box. So like we acknowledge that Jordan had children. You know what I mean? Juanita
2: and Michael was not a great marriage, Pap.
1: Yeah, that was some trouble. <sighs> Maybe that was
0: one of the stipulations
2: of Jordan agreeing to do it. I think it really was. Like my kids got up here in this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like he called Juanita, whether it was an interview or kind of off the cuff, um, he called his wife hired help. At some point in the early nineties, I
0: know exactly what you're saying because in this episode, uh, like we got almost like a little mini doc on the security team leader Gus, who had cancer and came yeah. back and kind of motivated Jordan, and also most notably, and I'd never heard this whole story before, like a Steve Kerr documentary shoved into this about his dad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You I hadn't never, heard that
1: before. Though? You hadn't heard that. I had not. Oh,
2: I had never heard of really? it.
1: Either. Really. That's, like, one Mm. of the saddest stories ever. Almost sadder
0: than Tony Kukoc coming from war-torn country.
1: Yeah, it's about right there. (laughs) I turned to my husband during that, well, right after that, and was basically like, I don't define Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan as a member of the murdered dad's club. Like, that's just Mm. not... I've never associated those two in that way. It certainly doesn't define their legacy, uh, but it's obviously a big way of how they've defined themselves. To have Steve Kerr's mom on there going through that as well, like recounting it, that was just so rough, even though I knew those details.
0: Corey, for anyone who hasn't watched a doc,
4: what what did we learn about Steve Kerr's family? Well... Steve Kerr's dad was some k- kind of like a like diplomat or...
3: He was the he was president some, of yeah. American University in Beirut. I think. That's right. So
4: he was like some kind of like scholar out there in Beirut. And uh, I guess at a time when things weren't going so well in that area. And some Americans there were being apparently targeted... Uh, by locals, and uh, either they disappear, or in his case, unfortunately, he got shot. It was actually like, I think they handled it really well, and it was it was very sad. This, like you mentioned, the interview with the mom and everything, really like, brought it home. And yeah, basically, his dad was he was shot, unfortunately.
3: Mind blowing that Steve Kerr revealed that they had never discussed that at all. And they did a. I think the documentary did a good job, of like you know, why haven't you discussed that? And Steve Kerr kind of tells like it's kind of like guarded, Michael. But I would have liked to hear Michael ask that question, like, how come you never talked to Steve Kerr about having a murdered dad? Like, I I would have liked to hear like what if Michael would admit that he's kind of guarded, in that way.
0: I think it's kind of what Liz said, like, how do you bring that up? Hey, did you know that this really cool club we're both in?
3: Yeah. True. Awkward
0: silence. <laughs> I got a couple other notes on Steve Kerr. One is that he gave us another one of those kind of like coded race words and that people in the NBA thought he was an overachiever because he's a small white guy. <laughs> <laughs> High motor. Sneaky fast.
1: Guy. Son
3: of a coach. Gym rat. <laughs> Gym rat. <laughs>
0: but I also really appreciated how they tied kind of the legacy of Paxson to Steve Kerr directly. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it was definitely a role on that team that was slightly more prominent than other teams because of the clutch shooting in those moments that those guys exhibited. I just love Steve Kerr, and I will not stand for any slander of him ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Pappy, we wouldn't be able to finish out episode nine without mentioning the biggest bombshell dropped on us this was
2: mind-blowing fill
0: us in on pizzagate
3: (laughs) oh my god like okay so uh, for those of you who have watched espn in the past you know 20 years flu the flu game is, is something that's not only brought up you know in the context of michael jordan's greatness but anytime a professional athlete is sick or like battling like an injury or like an illness, not, not necessarily an injury, but like the flu or, or in this case, food poisoning, like it always comes up MJ's flu's game and how that can somehow like sometimes enhance your, your abilities or your concentration or whatever. But in this documentary, Michael Jordan and his trainer reveal that one, when the pizza delivered, there was some shady shit going down. Apparently like five people delivered the pizza and we were trying to like look inside. And two, Michael Jordan was the only one to eat said pizza, and they (laughs) believe that it was not a flu game, but in fact, a food poisoning game, which was stunning.
4: And potentially a like an intentional food poisoning. There was some very suspicious things with the delivery of that pizza. Specifically, like I think they said there were four or five guys that came to the door (laughs) to deliver it
3: going on there yeah there's only certain types of movies where that happens five guys Love her <laughs> pizza. but I I'm surprised <laughs> that there was never any kind of like follow-up you know what I mean like you know what pizza company you called they would know the employee like I, I'm surprised there was like t- for a pizza for any restaurant to intentionally food poison one of their customers it would be a huge scandal to have it be the most famous person <laughs> on the planet in the NBA finals that that's amazing that it was kept under wraps for this long. Do
0: you think that's pretty I... poor
3: journalism here? Like, no follow-up?
0: They just say the claim from Jordan, and they're like, that's the truth as we see it. It's
4: pretty crappy. Well, this information has been out there before this documentary. I listened to a Michael Jordan-oriented uh, podcast like a year or two ago, and that's when I first heard about the flu game being a potentially you know, intentional food poisoning right. like we heard about here.
1: I also, there were some pizza truthers calling into Dan Patrick this morning, claiming that they knew the guy who knew the guy who delivered the pizza. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> and they were like, we, "We, I guess, we'll get the I team on this to figure it out." Um, <laughs> but the director came on and said that Michael told him that the reason there was only one pizza and none of the other guys ate a slice was that he spit on the pizza, so no one else would eat it. And that was, I guess, a thing he did a lot when he was mad that people (laughs) ate without him. Oh my God. Oh my God. Just the most bizarre, petulant behavior. (laughs) My dreams yeah, these are mine jerks. This is <laughs> this. in the
0: midst of the playoffs the
3: championship series.
1: <laughs> I He's
3: I'm got just like, yeah, do, do you think they're eating pizza now, like a night before the NBA finals game, like from some random pizza place that they call? <laughs> There's no way. Like things have just changed so much. There's so much
0: years. misinformation about the story, too, because I was always heard that he was just hung over like super bad and. Yeah. Trying to hide behind the flu. So, like, why is
2: this pizza story coming to light? What's the true story? The hangover is more, unlike, uh, more unlikely than a poison pizza, though, to me. And the, yeah, yeah, somebody
1: else called in today and was like, uh, yeah, he was hungover because he flew to Vegas the night before, which is a little more plausible. Uh, you think so? Yeah. Private plane. <sighs> Is it plausible that but he's does... just
0: acting completely? Like this is one of his sociopath things.
2: <laughs> I don't know how the most famous man on the planet gets away with going to Vegas the night before the finals. Yeah, you
3: guys that's ever, true too. Have you guys ever had food poisoning? Yes. Yes. It is the worst thing I've ever been through in my entire life. Like I would, I
1: had, I had it while I was pregnant, and oh. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs>
3: what oh. happened to you pat i was in peru i was in oh. peru and uh, wow. i went to this restaurant and I, I i like some guy took me there and it wasn't like you know it was kind of off the beaten path and i I drank all the water and ate all the food and then like <laughs> this was on a friday and i had like all of this shit lined up on the weekend i was gonna do because i was there on business and I, I went to get some like dinner friday night Drink a sip of water, and then from that point on until Monday morning, anytime liquid or solids I turned my body, I was on the toilet pointing one end at the toilet. Like it was Uh, the worst experience of my life. And then like I didn't I don't speak Spanish. So I didn't know like how to ask for help. I thought like this is how I'm gonna die. Like I was drinking some like El Gatorado (laughs) to try and stay hydrated, but it was instantly coming out. It was I can't imagine playing a basketball game in that condition it's that's amazing to me Uh.
0: i love michael jordan and if he ever listens to this pod which he won't i hope he knows that uh we have mostly loving feelings towards him but my pervading theory is that he made this shit up and he wanted to this is a way for him to become a greatest player of all time is like have a sick game there's just too many theories like what's occam's razor here he's just Trying to be cool. That's my that's my new theory. Anyway, let's get
2: on to You think that's where the razor falls?
4: <laughs>
2: Food poisoning versus I wanna look cool. Yeah, I think Arkham's
3: razor doesn't imply a massive conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think th- yeah, the I don't think the conspiracy
2: of that. <laughs> Have
0: you listened to anything in this whole series yet? Like he probably heard some player at some point like tw- twenty years ago say like man I could beat you even if I was sick and he's like man I gotta get those bragging rights over some people (laughs) you know that's the kind of crap he's capable of now (laughs) that's that's very true he doesn't get sick he did space jam and like practice for 10 hours a day for like an entire summer Occam's razor points to this is made up in his head
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's
2: not what Occam's razor
0: is Josh's razor (laughs) 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 Well, let's move the razor on to episode 10.
1: Wait, wait. He called he called Larry Bird a bitch in this episode. Oh, he dude. did. The you, ending? Can't, you can't do that. The, ver- like, the very
3: last shot is where Michael goes, good game, and Larry Bird goes, fuck you, you stupid bitch, or something like that, and gives him a hug and walks away. Like, that was one of the best well, parts of the whole doc.
4: I mean, you can talk to your friends that way, surely. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Larry Bird, He goes, have fun working on your golf game. Yeah. And you can tell Larry was having none of it. Yeah. If he hadn't screwed up his back, concreting his driveway on his own for some odd reason, <laughs> uh, you know, paving his driveway, even though he's a professional <laughs> basketball player, uh, I'm sure he would have taken a run at Michael, but I don't think his back could have taken it. Wait, is that? Wait,
4: you're going to have to <laughs> fill me in on that.
2: I've Larry Bird... Yeah. being a renaissance man and a man of indiana to the <laughs> core instead of paying someone to repave his driveway did it on his own and messed up his back and shortened his career
1: larry bird was about oh
2: my god
1: pride hard work repaving your own driveway <laughs> And winning yeah, NBA championships.
4: Space Jam cameos.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what people of Indiana do. I mean, you just you do what you love, and you go home and pave your own driveway.
3: Corey, I'm sure Josh also grew up with this, but like being, you know, someone who tried to play basketball for a little bit in Indiana, like I would hear the stories of like Larry Bird's legendary work ethic, like jumping up all the stairs in the bleachers on one foot, and then jumping back like on the other foot all the way down. But that was like during the season and in the off season, he would just drink a lot of Miller Lite and kind of just be a regular <laughs> dude.
1: <laughs> I love those pictures of him with like just a terrible stash, beer in hand, just out there like kind of in a woodsy setting. Those are great.
3: Who's yours best?
0: Thanks for bringing us back Liz because episode yeah. nine starts with Indiana. So I think it's great that we end with it. Mm-hmm. Perfect.
3: <laughs>
0: episode 10. I can't. I don't have this in my notes, but somebody is saying all this Zen stuff about Michael Pappy. Who who says he's a mystic here? Do you remember who that was?
3: Um. Anybody? N- no, I don't, I don't remember who that was. But it's like the, the the gist of it is he's saying that like you know people like meditate and do yoga or like you know dedicate their life to try and find like presence or like living in the moment and like.
1: Wasn't it Phil? Did Phil say it?
3: No. No. It was one of the other... It was, I think it was like a reporter or something. Yeah, like he it was like on a say,
4: commentator. Oh, yeah. He
3: goes yeah. on to say that like Jordan's like able to do this like effortlessly. And like, it's like before the NBA finals and Michael Jordan's like dancing to music in his headphones over like this whole thing. It's really great. I want to say that you're
1: the one. one. Sometimes I let my fears Kenny Lattimore, who, full disclosure, I had never heard of. Oh, yeah, he's like really good, good
4: friends with Kenny Lattimore. He <laughs> <laughs> got the new album early, man.
0: I don't know. I really thought that was interesting because it was finally someone trying to kind of explain Michael Jordan's superpower
4: of being present all the time. That was just pretty interesting, a good 2020 look at it it's something i always try to do and always fail to do i think it is important and i i agreed with all that that they were saying like how that can really help you in life and be focused at things because uh, living in the past or worrying about the future is like cause of stress for most people
3: and uh yeah i really like that bit uh, even like a little bit of like 10 minutes of meditation like just living in the moment It's crazy how good that can make you feel but I, I do take umbrage that that's not why Michael Jordan it's like that ability plus He could literally jump higher and do all these other things that people couldn't do too like Michael he Jordan form had- He could a grudge like no one. Had multiple superpowers exactly Pettiness <laughs> The ultimate superpower. Evil superpower <laughs>
1: I feel like I can't, I think it was early on in episode 10 when they were back in the locker room and after they talked about being present and stuff, like Ahmad Rashad was talking to him and he was like, kill or be killed. No, some can or
0: some can't.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then he says to him. You're not instructed to talk to Scott Burrell. You'll scare the <laughs> shit out of him.
0: That's at the end of episode nine, actually. And, like, it? it really made oh. me question, like, what is Ahmad Rashad doing? Is he part of Jordan's squad? Is he, like, a reporter yes. just on location at all times?
1: Ahmad is Jordan's guy. But, I mean, he was also still with NBC. And I don't know what, like, how they became such. BFFs but Ahmad was the real deal when he was an NFL player really good and no like nobody really knows that because all you think of him is
0: inside stuff at least
1: young inside stuff and (laughs) NBA pregame and sidelines because we never saw that because we're too young
0: yeah he's really just like in there spitting some wisdom and likewise we finally got some more phil moments i mean not enough to really fulfill me but yeah phil is in the locker room saying like we're working on our breathing we're centering ourselves to the court (laughs) it's like that's pretty out there especially for the 90s i feel like but the guys are taking (laughs) it serious and then it cuts to, like, smash cut to the third quarter of the first game. And he's like, <laughs>
4: guys, this is fucking scary. God damn it. You're <laughs> serious. Get your fucking head in the game.
1: <laughs> the best.
0: There's also a subtle moment with Phil. And this wraps up my notes on Phil because I, like, hang on everything he does. But Jordan and Pippin are, like, in the training room, kind of stretching out, getting taped up before the game. And I think Linda Cohn is on TV, just talking about how bad a shape Pippin's back is. And Phil just walks over and switches off the TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, the last Phil quote for me that really made my day was when he was talking about the most 90s thing ever, Dennis Rodman skipping practice to go to the NWO. Oh, my God. And (laughs) he says, he's only taking your focus away from the finals, not ours, to the media. Like, (laughs) perfect fill. And he was like, be gone.
4: My God, he sure did take my focus away. That's all I've been thinking about, really, since this documentary, is how I want to go back and rewatch some of those NWO uh, Monday Nitros. I thought that was actually really funny that they included that bit in here and that he pulled it off in between games. (laughs) Just seeing him bash DDP with a steel chair just really got me some fucking nostalgia. Probably the same way that you guys get nostalgia for this whole documentary.
1: (laughs) He came back from that and he was wearing a hat that said bong on it. I saw that. (laughs) Stevie,
0: how would you sum up Rodman's life like in a nutshell at this time?
2: Like I, I don't know how to describe it I mean it's almost like if you laid an entire floor full of mouse traps you knew all of them were gonna go off if you take Dennis Rodman on your team but through those mouth through those mouse traps in the pain will come championships
4: <laughs> the cheese
2: I mean that's really what Dennis Rodman is to the Bulls he's all these mouse traps that are gonna go off they're gonna bite you in the ass it's gonna hurt. But through all of them, you'll get a championship or three championships out of them. It just seems like the man had severe ADD. Yeah. He described it himself perfectly. He
4: said, I'm just doing Dennis shit. Phil knows that. <laughs> doing dentist shit. Out here wrestling, or wrestling, <laughs> as he calls it.
2: Wrestling. I love it when he came back to practice and Phil was like, Decide on you, decide on your cow, decide on your whole family.
0: <laughs> well, the thing that's mind bending to me, he had. Carmen Electra at his side through all this it's really like he had everything and was just like the joker (laughs) but people were attracted to that I don't understand
1: chaotic evil slash chaotic good (laughs) Hmm. but chaotic good for the bulls chaotic evil for himself
4: chaotic neutral to the public yeah (laughs) Is he an
0: attractive man?
1: No. What? (laughs) (laughs) Mm
4: -mm. Hmm. I figured he was. Hmm. I think he's (laughs) alright.
3: Doesn't this kind of make you wish that the Rodman episode was better when we did that a few weeks ago? And it was okay, but I still... I still have so many, like, why, like, I want to hear specific party stories, you know what I mean? I want to hear, like, what it was like to show up at the NWO. I I don't know. I I just feel like there's, like, these same 20 stories about Dennis Rodman that are just kind of at a high level, but we never, there hasn't really been anything that actually digs into his psychology other than just doing Dennis stuff, and that's that. I really think we could have taken a break with
0: the history of michael jordan and maybe it shouldn't have been all about the dennis rodman episode being great but more of character development of all the 98 bowls throughout i thought was really missing
1: yeah like, where's i there wasn't enough tony kukoc for me who was a huge factor in them winning and Jordan it,
2: didn't like Tony.
1: Yeah, so there was nothing outside of him making his life a living hell at the Olympics. And then nothing from Luke Longley and the other guys really only existed to serve as the chorus of them being like, yeah, he was an asshole to us, but we won. More Bill Wennington, more jo- Will Purdue.
3: Josh and Liz, I have a question for you. Um since you guys work in some form of media. So the director of this, you know, presumably got the rights to tell the story, got all the footage from ESPN, NBA and Michael's people got the sign off and he sits down and he can tell it any way he wants to. You know what I mean? He can start at the beginning. He could go chronologically. He could go in reverse. He chooses to do this kind of weird timeline back and forth thing. Now that we've been through it, 10 episodes, was that the right approach? approach to telling the story did it enhance the storytelling of this documentary
0: I think it was hit or miss I think there's some moments that were kind of awkward like in I, th- I think episode 9 we're simultaneously talking about the Utah Jazz championship series in 97 while we're talking about the Eastern Conference Finals in 98 against the Pacers so it's like uh eh. But then there's some cool stuff that lined up. Like, I feel like uh, his injury kind of lining up with, like, Pippin's injury, and they're kind of able to, like, overlay certain situations. But I don't know. Liz, what, you, what do you think?
1: If you weren't familiar with all the material and didn't have a baseline of that history, it was probably pretty tough to follow, um, even with the graphics and the kind of zooming timeline it it was fun to take those little nostalgia trips so I didn't really mind um, but was, I'm just thinking of like my father-in-law has DVR'd all of them I don't know if he started watching them yet and I don't know if he'll enjoy it as much not just because he's a huge Celtics fan, but because it—it's just it's going to jump around so much.
0: Do you think the marketing was like a little misleading, you guys? Like, I thought this was going to be about the '98 team and the inside scoop and all the little nitty-gritty details, but it was more, far more wide-sweeping than that.
1: Yeah, it was a little. I mean, none of it was disappointing. I'm so glad that we got to watch it and talk about it and relive it. But I was hoping that we would do deeper dives into the actual basketball footage. So much so that on Sunday afternoon, I put on game six of 1998 just because it was rerunning. They were actually rerunning like that whole 98 final series on NBC Sports Chicago. So I just had those games on in the background because you just miss so much with the atmosphere.
0: Stevie, do you want to take us through the last series and maybe even the last game with the Jazz? Get us through the
2: plot here. So the Jazz were definitely formidable foes in that 98 season. I mean, Stockton and Malone, I mean... For anything, the documentary made it seem like they were better than they were in the 97 season. It seemed like in this series, the Bulls had it at 3-1. And for whatever reason, the Jazz just got a fire lit under their ass. And I had no idea about this in Game 6 that... I mean, this isn't widely talked about, that Scotty was hurt for Game 6 and just merely a decoy. Did you guys know this?
1: Mm.
2: Nah. I mean... What does
0: that even really mean? He made a couple buckets, but I think like if Scottie Pippen is on the court, you kind of have to respect that he is a weapon that could be used on offense. So I think it kind of just stretches the floor a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that's basically what it comes down to. But I mean, (laughs) I do sort of remember him limping around, and I feel bad like a back injury is one of those injuries that you can't see it at all so it's just like a pain threshold thing and this series has not been kind to Pippin and it was just like another thing that Pippin couldn't tough through very
2: well. I think this was a little redemptive. It was? Yeah. I mean especially with I think it was the Bulls trainer saying like Scotty was beyond tough for even being like on the court. Did Michael Jordan push off Stevie? (laughs) Not as bad as Reggie Miller did to him. <laughs> That's exactly
3: what I was thinking. Yeah. It's like, I wonder if MJ Not, had him put that in there. Like, see, this is a push-off. And
2: then, like, Reggie, like, nearly tackled the man. Uh, I mean, I think Bob Costas was a little generous, saying it's nothing more than, you know, a maitre d' taking someone to their table. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's as big of a deal as people make it out to be, but I did think it was funny at, like, the documentary circle circles back to it that Russell like flies any direction like he doesn't he really can't stop and switch switch his hips like he's g-
1: plays on his toes
2: yeah, like they had to circle back to that two hours later to make the point across that Jordan didn't push off I mean, is he the one that was giving Jordan crap about why did he quit too? Whitey because yeah. you know, I could beat him. Oh my God. Is the last dance nothing merely <laughs> more than the Michael Jordan Revenge Tour? It's his burn book. <laughs> it's him
0: calling the babe <laughs> shot over and over and over again. <laughs> but we've all seen the shot. He he wins it. Game six. Bulls win. Bulls win. Their second three, P. I I remember these parades being a huge deal when I was little. And I know they still have stuff like this, but I don't think it really compares they would just have these blowout citywide parties and Pappy um were there any parts you liked here seeing the Bulls kind of accept this and the fallout after the championship
3: yeah I, I don't I think it was the prior season but the, my all-time favorite one from the documentary was the Steve mm-hmm. Kerr story when he was like yeah you know Michael doesn't feel too comfortable in that situation so he's like I got this uh for him. but that was hilarious but yeah it's a. Uh, you know, it, it's funny to watch like all of these people like yelling for seven and like, you know, wanting to get seven and the different, you know, levels of, of how resigned they are, like the different like people who are speaking on, on if it's going to happen. And it, it's just kind of sad to see like, you know, all those people wanted them to try for seven to see what would have happened that they we're never going to know. You know what I mean? It's I I feel like they should have. You know, you're you're the, still the champ until someone beats the champ. It's too bad. And I I was also really surprised uh, at Reinsdorf uh, because that's another thing too, right? I'd taken shots at this uh, that it, it seemed very crowd centric. I think I feel like there's a little bit of buck stops here with Reinsdorf, and like Michael Jordan even watched him say that with the iPad.
1: That still, uh, like, hurts the eleven year old inside of me that took for granted. All that winning and that every summer there would be a rally in Grant Park. We get to watch it in the afternoon on the TV on WGM. And just to hear him say that even with all that he accomplished, that he still wasn't satisfied, wanted to go for seven and that those guys would have resigned. Um, that did. That kind of hurt last night. Still. I didn't even
0: like the Bulls then. And it hurt to hear him kind of say that in hindsight.
1: Krause obviously can't speak and that's, it's hard to, I think it's also kind of just a tough look. It pins a lot of it on him, but as the owner, you are the person that has to step up and say like you wanted Phil back and you can't let your mouthy egomaniac GM call those shots. Um, But he did.
0: I think one thing they didn't address though is that mm-hmm. I think a lot of this was Phil's decision more than Michael was willing to admit. Yeah. Like he Phil really needed a break. Rodman got a break. Mm-hmm.
1: uh
4: Jordan went and played baseball. I mean mm-hmm. did Phil want to stop coaching or was he just like already mentally there because he was like they prepped for it at the very
1: start? They had of gone to Phil prior and asked him about it. I'm that timeline is very all over the place and not super clear to me in the doc, and that he was ready to step away.
0: I think there's a little nugget there that's like Phil mentioned specifically that he didn't think he needed a break and that he didn't think it would be fair to Jerry if he came back. So if you kind of read between the lines there, if Reinsdorf would have been like, well, we can let go of Jerry or I'll take care of Jerry or something to that effect. I think the way that Michael Jordan pushes and the cast of characters that were around him, I I think it had to fizzle when it did and it maybe is for the best that they didn't go out losers.
1: Yeah. That Spurs team would have been tough.
2: Spurs, man, (laughs) that Spurs team would have eaten those bulls alive. Mm -hmm.
1: And Rodman only played like, 30 more games. I guess it hurts to hear him say that in hindsight, but you're right because you can never take that winning legacy away from him, from them. It's maddening as he says it is to go out on top like that.
3: I, I get really annoyed by sports radio because I feel like whenever they're arguing, like who's the goat player and like lately it's it's the, the cliche is it LeBron or MJ It's it's a really like, two people arguing past each other on what the definition of the greatest player is, as opposed to like, you know what the actual like comparing statistics or, or ability or anything, but like watching this and like this, the like that shot. And then the way it ended, like even though like obviously Jordan comes back with the wizards and everything, I, I think that Jordan is always going to be remembered as the goat Josh, just because of, The narrative, like you were saying, kind of like maybe for the better, like that six and no just looms so large in people's heads. And the fact that we didn't have to see him get his ass kicked by (laughs) young Tim Duncan and David Robinson, like that. That like probably goes a long way in, in, in sort of cementing his legacy. He's a wizard,
0: Pappy. He arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> Until he came back as a wizard,
4: and that maybe was a mistake. It
3: arrived at the wrong time.
4: <laughs> so I, I'm not an NBA historian like you guys. So he did retire, but you said he came back, and I remember that vaguely in history. What, what
2: specifically happened there? I think he averaged 20 and 10 with the wizards.
1: Yeah, and one one of the reasons he came back was outside of him thinking he still had some left in the tank was that the wizards promised him like stock and ownership, and that was the way he was going to secure himself. And like outside of Nike and the Jordan brand, that's the the next chapter he wanted to have in the NBA is to get into a front office, which obviously hasn't gone as well as his playing career did. But that's one of the reasons that he Hmm. decided, I'm coming back.
3: It's hard to believe after watching uh, 10 hours of this documentary that Michael Jordan doesn't have the people skills to run an organization. (laughs) (laughs) That's the That there's
0: one last little two last little notes one is that pippin actually says in this documentary that jerry Krauss was a great gm and that yeah. was shocking to hear him say that after everything and then just to kind of round out episode 10 right after they win the championship jordan's at a piano he's got champagne all over his body and he starts talking to like the reporters about staying in the moment and it's some buddhist end shit he says and i just thought that was an interesting way that they kind of bookend him and made it seem a little mystical i really appreciated that
1: i appreciated the little throw it on the pyre burning funeral they had for their time together for sure and then the song that they chose to cap it with was Pearl Jam song called Present Tense and it just really tied it all together and I don't love Pearl Jam because Pearl Jam's not for me because I'm not a grungy angry dude. They have some good songs (laughs) but I'm just not the biggest Pearl Jam fan but in the moment watching, like hearing the lyrics about being in the present and watching all that stuff play out and that last um slider shot of MJ. It was good. I it was really, really well done.
3: Pearl Jam is like the Chicago sports band. Like I think Eddie Vetter's thrown out uh Opening pitch and saying, taking out the ball game like at all the big Cubs games, or at least like once a playoff run. Um, but I did like how, like, the last words, too. I, I thought it was maybe a little bit of a pot shot that it was like the Bulls started to rebuild, and obviously they haven't won a championship since then. So they're kind of always been in a perpetual state of trying to get a championship team together. So that was kind of a interesting final. They final began game. to rebuild. <laughs> you don't
1: need to remind me of the Eddie Curry years. Thanks
0: like i'm already sad <laughs> pro Jam used to like the supersonics though they had like a poster with sean Kemp. oh yeah they're from seattle i had to say that sorry i just had to anyway <laughs> <laughs> stevie why don't you kick us off with yes or no's for episodes 9 and 10
2: uh can i make one quick correction on my i made a mistake throughout sure. this pod Um, I said Larry Bird had a ton of Indiana pride in him And injured his back repaving his own driveway That was false He was building and repaving the driveway for his mother's house That makes it a little better It does It it makes it a little better Uh, So there's my correction for me But I will give these hard yeses I'll give the overall documentary uh, amazing hard yeses Uh, So much stuff I learned throughout this And the thing that really stuck out for me throughout this whole thing was just jordan's competitive spirit and it really is kind of infectious to hear him talk about his desire to win even if it rubbed people the wrong way um hearing about steve kerr's dad for the first time was absolutely tragic but i think jordan kind of acknowledged it a a little in his own michael jordan way about you know him being able to kind of count on Steve like in the moment when he needed to and how he kind of trusted Steve and Steve is one of the guys uh, so and I think that was really cool from episode 9 but hard yeses for 9 and 10 in the whole overall series.
4: Stevie you're one of the guys.
2: I try <laughs> I just don't want to be Krause. <laughs> I'll give <laughs> yeah.
0: episode 9 a huge yes even though it seemed kind of shoehorned how they threw in like a few mini documentaries into this with Gus, the security team lead, and Steve Kerr, and Pizzagate. It still was really well done. I feel like I had a ton of notes from that episode. Um, and skipping ahead to... Oh, yeah, and the Joe Montana commercial was in episode nine. <laughs> 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 in episode 10, I'm going to give a controversial soft no. And it kind of has to do with what
3: Whoa.
1: Pappy was
0: saying earlier. <laughs> is I think... The structure of this doc it's entertaining in the moment but in a way that makes it seem like it's always leading to something and I don't think there was like a true payoff at the end and I think they were still editing this episode as of like four days ago and I don't <laughs> think they knew how to end it and I don't fault them for not knowing how to end it but I think it came across a little bit and Listen, I still enjoyed 10, but we've given, like, I don't think this deserves, like, 40 yeses and zero noes over the course of five pods, so I'm going to give 10 the softest of
1: noes. I would echo your sentiments about nine. I am Carl Malone coming on the bus to kiss Jordan's (laughs) ring or whatever. He'd love to hear that. (laughs) And, uh, I know. Poor Carl. Um... It was great. I also have a lot of notes from episode nine. I agree with you in that it felt jumbled at the end and the payoff wasn't as big as maybe we were all hoping for. But I still can't give it a no because it's been so fun to have this be a part of our lives for the past few weeks and to be included in this. It's been so fun to talk with you guys. So We'd I love have to give it you, Liz.
0: And we still got trivia after this. So don't say goodbye quite yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Thanks
3: for being on all the episodes, Liz. It's been fun. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, well, one other note that I forgot to say too, I, I thought uh, the inclusion of Willow Bay was a little bit weird. Like she only has like one talking head in the entire 10 hour documentary, uh, which is significant cause she's Bob Iger's wife and she has the credentials to be more featured in the documentary, but it feels weird to just give her one talking head when she's your boss's 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 wife or whatever it was. But <laughs> I'm going to give this a both episodes a yes. Uh, and the documentary, a yes, look, I don't, I'm not, I don't think this is like one of the great sports documentaries of all time or one of the great documentaries of all time. Like we had a side discussion in the group thread and and one host on this Brett podcast who will remain nameless said that this this would smash at the Oscars (laughs) if it came out this year and win every award. And like, I just honestly don't think you would have to be such a bad filmmaker to take all of this incredible footage and interviews that he got, which, you know, kudos for him. Interviews were great. Uh, he, he seemed to ask a lot of the right questions, got all the right footage, but like, no matter how they spun this thing in quarantine, like it was going to be a smash hit and, and, it, and I think it was going to deliver and it was going to f- scratch a basketball, ish that a lot of us had, I, I don't think the structure frankly worked. And, and I think that like, kind of, you know, what is this about? It's not about Michael Jordan because we we don't discuss his personal life in, in any kind of detail. It's not really about the 98 bulls because the majority of every single episode is about something else. I guess it's about the Bulls, but it's it's too Michael Jordan centric to be an overall Bulls documentary. So I, I, I think that as a documentary it's it's pretty good, but I have really, 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 really loved watching it. And like I said, this and Tiger King will always like when I think of like this time, <laughs> twenty twenty, early twenty twenty, those are probably the two things that, that stand out for me. So so yes for everything involved.
4: Awesome. I'm gonna also give uh, a yes to both of these. I hadn't been on the other ones, but I would have given all those a yes to. I've really enjoyed this series. I love documentaries, and I like this documentary series quarantine thing we got going on. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. I am excluded from that uh, side thread, I guess. I didn't see any of those, but I, I would contend as well that this is one of the great sports documentaries, at least to me, from the angle of, you know, a sports pleb for the most part. I think is really interesting. It was really engaging. It filled me in on a lot of things I didn't know. A lot of the stuff you guys probably knew, but you know, to me it was all like new-ish. Like I kind of knew like they were gonna win at the end, but all the stuff leading up to it was really engaging. Uh to kind of Josh's point, you're right, it is kind of like it's like Dennis Reynolds movie in a way. It's like basketball vendetta, basketball (laughs) vendetta, basketball vendetta. And then the documentary just kind of ends. (laughs) <laughs> Which is great. But, I mean, I knew it was going to end the way it did. It was just like, we won. That's it. That's a wrap. That's how it ended. But anyway, this was the most interested I've been in basketball probably since 2011. So that's a big plus. And uh, yeah, that's my yes. Stick it in a coffee can. Set it on fire.
0: For those of you who've had enough interest <laughs> to stay with us through this entire documentary and all of these episodes thank you and we're gonna do one more trivia to finish things out here unless they do like an episode 10.5 maybe we could do another last last dance pod on that we'll see um the way trivia is gonna work tonight is family feud style so oh if you get three strikes you're out um so there's the topic and we're gonna go um just to keep it fair and random, let's go east to east, just like we've been doing everything. So east to west, same order. And so here's here's the category slash question. Um, many of you may know Jason Concepcion from The Ringer and Binge Mode. Uh, he mm-hmm. wrote the top five top five lies told in this documentary, according to him. So it's pretty subjective um i have three bonus ones that if you get those you you get a half point and the possibility to ask or to guess again if you'd like so um that'll come into play in a little bit so anyway stevie best mj last dance lies ranked best lies put it on the board According to J- the Ringer's Jason Concepcion, the best lies in this Last Dance documentary.
2: Michael Jordan would have made it to the majors.
0: <laughs> that is a great it, answer, wife. but that is a strike for you, Stevie.
4: Because we all know that's true.
2: <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Stevie, you
4: <laughs> argued for it
2: to be true. I'm I know, but I feel like I'm very out like on an island when I say that. <laughs> No, apparently not. Liz, you're up.
1: Well, I got to go like it wasn't food poisoning. Mm. Yeah. Top lie.
0: Can we put it on the board? Pizza Gate. Yes, it's number 3. I ordered pizza in Utah during the finals under my own name and it was poisoned. <laughs> That's going to be worth 3 <laughs> points for you, Liz. Uh, Pappy, you're up.
3: Show me Atlantic City.
0: is there anything more specifically you could say about that
3: oh do I really uh that he he was just hanging out gambling with his dad and he was back by uh 1am or whatever he said Uh,
0: I'm sorry that's not on there that's That's another great answer though I'm honestly but this is Jason Concepcion's list like take it up with him uh Corey
4: they didn't know where Rodman was when he went to go wrestle?
0: <laughs> where he was, like, at for that 48-hour 40, period or just in general? Yeah. Ah, great answer, Kylo, but that is also your first strike. Oh. Stevie, we're back around with, to you. A lot on the board still.
2: Same question? Yeah, there's... <laughs> yeah. This is almost ridiculous. Is fiction is uh, fiction French characters. Um, let me think here. <laughs> Lies told. Uh, I'm guessing talking about when Jordan was a rookie and he lived like a very quiet life and he always stayed in and didn't do anything with his teammates.
0: Put it on the board. Yes, Stevie, that is the number one answer. Quote: Every boy except you. me was doing drugs and hanging oh, out with wow. women in hotel rooms, but not me. That's,
4: there you that's go. It's worth five
0: points, Stevie. Nicely done. Huzzah! Liz.
1: Okay, so I'm going to circle back to the Atlantic City <laughs> thing that Michael had no idea who <laughs> Slim Bowler was and what he did for yeah. a living. And say hey, that was on the a board, lie. Slim Bowler?
0: No. And I feel like if I was misleading earlier, there's nothing about <gasps> Atlantic City or his dad on this list. So let's just keep it at that. Okay. Okay. Well,
1: that, yeah, I. You'll get another chance, Pappy.
3: (laughs) Show me it was all Jerry Krause's fault.
0: (laughs) You're on to something here, but that is also your second strike, Pappy.
3: Oh, jeez. God damn it. I have the best toss to spoiler, man. I've been saving up my breath all day for it. I don't know if you can
0: follow (laughs) up last week's. (laughs) Still getting your breath
4: back from that Mm -hmm. one. Corey, lies. Ah fuck, I don't know, man. Uh when he says I ain't Shaq, he really is Shaq, secretly. <laughs>
0: Shaq on the board. No, it's not a star. Oh my god, he's not Shaq. <laughs> That's the funniest answer though so far. So I feel like I should give you a point, but I won't.
2: Stevie, back up to the top to you. <sighs> Michael Jordan didn't like Scott Perrell. Scott Burrell on the board
0: no he's not Liz you have one strike three points we talked about all of these well,
1: that doesn't really narrow it
0: <laughs> need an answer in about three seconds
1: he never really wanted to, to go with Adidas he liked being at Nike
0: I don't know. He did like Adidas, probably. <laughs> I, know. I know. Pappy, you're look you're standing on your third strike. I know you got some better
3: answers okay. in there. Show me that it wasn't entirely MJ's decision to keep Isaiah Thomas off the dream team.
1: <laughs> oh Zeke, yeah. Can
3: yeah. you put it on the board? Yeah. Number five. <laughs>
0: I didn't keep Zeke from being on the dream team. One point for you, Pat.
3: He did that Corey.
4: Uh, Well, they really set up Michael Jordan to be like this bully figure. I think he was probably really actually very nice and supportive. (laughs) Nice and supportive MJ. (laughs) Can you put it on the board? (laughs) Oh, crying MJ sad react. All right, Steve, you're sitting
0: in the leaderboard, but you can add a little bit to your total here if you'd like.
2: That Michael Jordan left the NBA in his own accord. Ooh. That is a Josh bonus answer worth a half point.
0: David Stern had <laughs> nothing to do with MJ leaving. Wink, wink. So that's just worth a half point. So I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to guess again? I was thinking if it was early in the game, you might want to guess again with a lot on the board, but it's up to you. You could get a strike if you guess again and get it wrong. So What happens if I get a strike? You're done, and you end with five and a half points. (laughs) Didn't it already win, though? No. Maybe. (laughs) Oh. There's still the two and four answer on the
2: board. All right, well, can you come back to me if I don't want to answer right now? Sure can. Liz.
1: That Doug Collins somehow magically knew that his coaching time was over and that Phil was just (laughs) ready to take over? Uh, How did you know? (laughs) No, just <laughs>
0: Another probable lie, but that is unfortunately not on the list, Liz. That is your third strike. You did end with th- three points. It's not going to be enough to win it. Pappy, it's your last shot to overtake your arc rival, your nemesis, your best friend, your co-creator, Stevie.
3: <laughs> All of those things. All of those uh, things. Uh, oh, this is the best man in his wedding, too. Uh, I'm going to play for the Josh bonus. I'm going to say that Gary Payton wasn't as important, or sorry, that Sean Kemp wasn't as important as Gary Payton on that Sonics team. Oh. Sean Kemp, can we put it on the board? Just an alley oop partner?
0: <laughs> question mark? Question mark?
3: It's yeah. <laughs> a half point for you, Pat. Uh, Keep going, or pass it yeah. to Stevie. I'm gonna pass it to Stevie. Okay.
0: Six and a half points left on the board, so still definitely within striking
2: Am I still in the lead? Yeah.
0: Five and a half to one and a half. Pappy needs some oh. breaks. Okay. Don't forget about me. You're outlist. Three strikes. <laughs> <laughs> you could still get second place though. Yeah.
1: First loser.
2: <laughs> um. Hold on. I feel like it has something to do with the Pistons. Uh. T- you know what? I'll say. Uh, George Carl denying Michael at the bar before the finals. Ooh.
0: MJ sociopath part two. Not on the board. Stevie gets his third strike. Patty. Yeah. this is
3: it. I, I think it's going to be game over. This is the only thing I come up with. That the Celtics didn't shake Isaiah Thomas's hand. Uh, but that's that's a lie.
0: Celtics walking off the court. Can we put it on the board? Yeah. We cannot. Pappy, third strike. Ugh. So the last bonus question or the last bonus answer was JT claimed he had to mow lawns as a kid to afford Jordans when he was in the Mickey Mouse club, question <laughs> uh, mark.
3: Justin one. Timberlake. Number
0: four worth two points. The casual reveal that Bradford Smith nice game Mike story never happened. <laughs> and number two worth four points that could have won it for you, Pat. Um, I didn't push off in quotation marks while video of him pushing off plays in the background.
4: You know, I was going to say that, but I figured that was like a cheapy answer. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: if you have any problems with that list, listeners, uh, take it up with Jason Concepcion of The Ringer. Stevie, not only can you throw it to Spoiler Man, do you have a last word on the last answer?
2: Um... Michael Jordan, still my favorite player of all time. Uh, Still, I mean, the Bulls are still my favorite NBA team, probably because of Michael Jordan. Uh, It's unfortunate that being so close to Chicago, I mean, Michael Jordan really can't do a whole lot wrong in my eyes. Uh, So, yeah, watching this documentary was a hell of a lot of fun. Loved it. (coughs) Take it away. Well, do we have anything coming down the pipeline? Do we have anything coming down the line for spoilers?
3: Spring Breakers, next episode to drop. Let's this. go. We said that last week. Is it ever coming out? Let's <laughs> go moved again. And I and I injured my clicking finger. <laughs> <on> a,
0: <laughs> I'm just joking, Pap. Uh I just wanted to straighten that up for listeners. Spring Break, we did say that last week, but it will surely come out soon. That was a really fun episode.
2: 100%. Please look forward for to Spring Breakers. I, I hosted that episode... One of my favorite episodes I've ever done. And on that note, take it away, Spoilers Man.
0: Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is spoilers it's lit now you can check us out on spotify youtube stitcher apple and google podcasts if you enjoyed
1: what you heard today subscribe on soundcloud or itunes Like they swept that there. You know how much it takes to guard and like, push that around yeah, ain't the point. I ain't shack. Huh? I ain't But yeah. I can see I ain't shack. That was spoiler.